In today's episode, I'm going to show you how a fuzzy dream can leave you open to so many unhealthy things. Confusion, manipulation, misalignment between who you are and what you do, an unsettledness that leaves you feeling anxious, agitated, restless. In this episode, I want to explore this reality and show you a specific exercise that will help you zero in on your dream so that you can shed all of these debilitating results of fuzziness and embrace the gift of clarity. That's all coming up next, right here on Stop Doubting Your Dream. Stay tuned. If you have a deep-rooted dream you long to pursue but feel held back by self-doubt, the possibility of failure, and the relentless demands of everyday life, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Jeff Meyer, and I know that taking the leap of faith to make your dream a reality and overcome the seeds of doubt planted by those who say it's too risky can feel overwhelming and discouraging sometimes and cause you to question whether or not your dream is worth pursuing at all. But the truth is, it doesn't have to be an either-or choice. It's possible to pursue your dream without risking your stability or security in the process. And each week on the show, I'm going to show you and give you practical action steps you need to turn your dream into a viable source of income so you can live without regret, reshape your future, and create the meaningful change you want to see in the world, all without leaving your day job. So if you're someone who's ready to stop doubting your dream and start living it, Let's dive in. Welcome back. This is episode number 62. And today we're talking about the critical nature of dream clarity. Vision clarity. A simple way to begin cutting through the mist so that you can see with new fresh eyes what you were meant to pursue. There are a few things that can create more anxiety, emptiness, confusion, and restlessness than not being crystal clear on your purpose, your dream, and not having a clear picture of your destination in front of you. So process this with me for a moment as we begin here today. How much of your current lifestyle, your work life, the goals that you're pursuing are a result of a crystal clear understanding of self and your purpose in the world? How much of what you are doing day by day is a result of intentional planning that flows from a clear vision of who you are designed to be and what you are designed to do? And how much of your work, your recreational life, your personal investment, is something that maybe you just fell into, inherited, or are just doing to try to make ends meet. If most of what you are doing is unintentional and has little or nothing to do with who you are and what you are designed to be, let me ask you, what effect is that having on you today? What are the physical, the, the emotional, the spiritual, relational realities that you're dealing with? Just trying to grind and make a living. 
So back in 2016, about seven years ago from the time of this uh, recording of the podcast, I uh, was offered the opportunity from my ministry leaders uh, to take a six-month paid sabbatical from the local church. Now, those of you who've been following me for a while, you know this has happened. Uh, I've talked about this many times. It's such a pivotal time in my life. Since 1992, when I was ordained, over time, working in uh, an environment, an organization like a church, where a lot of people have a lot of expectations of you as their leader, and this isn't just um, something that happens in church life, it happens in business, it happens in um, teaching, it happens in any atmosphere where we start losing track of who we are and why we got into the business in the first place, the temptation becomes so overwhelming to fulfill other people's expectations of you as a leader that you start losing yourself in the process. And that was happening to me. So from 1992 to 2016, you can imagine trying to meet everybody's expectations and, and failing, quite honestly, uh, because you can't fulfill everybody's expectations. And I was losing myself in the process. It was killing me. I had to discover again my why and my who. Who was I there to serve? And what was I called to help them do? And who am I in this process? Who was I uniquely gifted um, to be? What kind of leader was I called to be? So I had to re-engage my Genesis story, you know, like, why did I start out my professional life as a pastor? What was I hoping and dreaming of achieving, experiencing, helping others with? And by the way, 1992 to 2016, gradually over time, what started out with very intentional uh, focus on leadership based on what the dream was, what the vision was, got swallowed up and buried under obligation and the day-to-day -day grind. Over time, I became a people pleaser. The relentless opinions of others were covering up my unique calling. Even colleagues, other pastors trying to force their opinions of what a pastor is supposed to be. I needed a break to listen again to ask, to consider again who I was, who I was called to be, and why was I here? I needed to find myself again. Over time, the clarity that had, that had begun in my ministry had been masked with a hazy fuzziness that was affecting me emotionally, spiritually, relationally, even physically affecting me in a negative way. What I want to drive home today in this episode is that zeroing in on our dream is vital to life. It is not peripheral to a healthy life. Fuzziness leaves us vulnerable to 
manipulation by others, and not necessarily intentional manipulation, but manipulation nonetheless. Others placing expectations on us, attempting to get us to adopt their opinions, their dream as our own. And the only way to begin to shake this off, this fuzziness, and the manipulation that we leave ourselves vulnerable to, to shake this off, the only way to do that is to be so crystal clear of our own journey's purpose that we will begin to pursue it unapologetically. So if you find yourself here as you're listening to this episode in what I like to call fuzzy land, take heart. You're not alone and you don't have to stay here. There's so much that 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 comes out of a result of being in fuzzy land. <laughs> you may experience things like the pain of the daily grind to make a living instead of actually living. Maybe you're unsatisfied with your current life flow. If you're feeling like you're working hard to fulfill someone else's dream and you feel like you're losing yourself in the process, maybe if you're confused or unsettled, anxious, agitated, restless, if this describes you today in fuzzy land, if this describes some of the pain or the problems that you're experiencing today, then I want you to know two things. Number one, these things are a natural byproduct of a fuzzy dream. Again, this is not peripheral stuff. This is central focus stuff to a healthy life. These painful things that we experience in life are a natural byproduct of a fuzzy dream, of a fuzzy personal vision. And the second thing I want you to know is that those things can be significantly reduced by getting clear on your dream, by zeroing in on what you were meant to be, who you were meant to be, and what you were meant to do. I see this all the time, and it starts with me. I saw this in my life in 2016 when I was evaluating what had happened to me over time. There's a couple common mistakes we make that put us into this place that I call fuzzy land, okay? There's really two major mistakes. Number one is this. We do not set aside regular time to consider personal vision clarity. We don't set aside regular time to consider where we're going, why we're doing what we're doing, who we are, uniquely gifted to carry this out. A friend of mine recently, when I was talking about this episode and preparing for it, said, ain't nobody got time for that. And that's precisely the problem. We don't make time for that. And so the focus becomes getting through the day, making a living. And over time, we lose track and we lose intentionality in our day-by-day -day life. So make time for that. You do have time for that. 
Everybody's got time for that. We've all got the same amount of time. And so I like to talk about take one hour a week. Take one day a month. Take one week a year. Read, listen, brainstorm. Interview people. Ask people about your giftedness and your abilities. And dream the impossible dream. Do vision clarity work. Carve out time to consider your personal vision. Here's another mistake that people make. Not only do we not set aside regular time to consider our personal vision clarity, but we don't give ourselves the permission to experiment, to try different things, and to see if there's any joy in them, to see if there's any fruit in them. We just keep doing what we've always done, hoping that we're going to get new results, which never happens. And this doesn't mean you have to quit your day job. You can give yourself permission to experiment, to try different things even as you're doing your day job, to see if there's any joy in it, to see if there's any fruit in it. My book, uh, Fear Not, Dream Big and Execute, the original working title of the book was Permission Granted. Just to show you the, the amount of fear and the amount of doubt that clouds any hopeful dream of our life. And I want to just give you permission to try some different things today. Give you the permission to experiment to see if there's any joy, any fruit in them. And so because we give ourselves over and make these two mistakes on a regular basis, we're not setting aside regular time to consider personal vision clarity, and we're not giving ourselves permission to experiment, to try different things. We just continue to grind. We continue to work we just keep doing what we've been doing, kind of like the the metaphor I'm thinking of right now is a hamster wheel. We just keep spinning and working. No generative thinking, no ex exploration, no adventure, just making it, right? So life on that hamster wheel, just like my ministry had become, can become a week-by-week -week or day-by-day -day experience with no thought about the purpose or the destination. And so why do we keep making these mistakes? Maybe you're listening to this and you're going, man, that makes a lot of sense. I just need to cut out some time to think about this. I need to learn what to do with that time. I need to give myself permission to experiment, but we keep making the same mistakes. Why do we keep making them? Because at the core, again, you've heard me talk about this time and again, the reason we make these mistakes is because there's an underlying belief that we're holding on to that causes us to make the mistake. And in this case, I think at the core, the belief that we carry is that we believe that dreaming is for others and not us. I can't tell you how many times I've had people say to me, well, I don't have a dream. I don't think I'm supposed to have a dream. That's for others. And we think the belief is that we're not worthy to be that kind of person. 
that dreams. And so we're stuck believing that it's selfish to have a dream. It's self-centered to desire more, to want more, to want something different, that it's a luxury to take time to consider these deeper questions of identity and purpose. And I would present to you today those beliefs that, that could be nothing further from the truth. You are designed with a divine imprint to create, to be a co-creator with your creation, with your creator. Dreaming is not just for others. It's for every human being. Now, sure, our dreams all look different and they have different scope of size and impact. But all of us, every single one of us, are designed to think about the future, to examine who we are uniquely created to be and what we're uniquely designed to do. And it's, it's a divine imprint to strive, to work, to, to want to see beauty come out of our life. And so it's okay to desire more. And I'm not talking about more stuff. I'm not talking about selfish, sinful desires for more. I'm talking about desire for more of, of what God intends for our life. And I guess I, I call that shalom, that our life would be, um, the Hebrew says, shalom, the way it's designed to be. It's okay to want that. And if you're not experiencing currently, then it's okay to want that differently. It's not a luxury. I believe, again, it's not peripheral. It's essential to a healthy life. And the cost of giving into these beliefs and making these mistakes, it costs us joy. It costs us freedom. It costs us confidence. And it's costing us growth as individuals. So I want to show you a different way today. What should you do instead of just grinding, not taking time to set aside time? Another way to ask it is, what should you do with the time? Like, maybe you're listening to this podcast and you're saying, okay, I want to, this next week, I'm going to take one hour to do what Jeff's talking about. Okay, but I don't know what to do. I'm going to tell you what to do. Here's an exercise you can do. It's not the only exercise you should do, but it's one that can help you on the road to your own personal vision clarity. You ready? Okay. It involves three questions and it involves a Venn diagram. Okay. You know what a Venn diagram is? It's where you draw circles that intersect. And for those of you who are not intending to pursue this dream and make a living doing it, I want to give you three questions, okay? So you would draw three circles on a sheet of paper, all intersecting. Think about the Olympic five circles, except three. And then where this these circles intersect with each other, that's where we're going to drill down, okay? Um, if you are considering 
making a living, whether it's going to be a side hustle for a while or right away, making a living, doing and pursuing this vision clarity to make a living, then I would ask you to draw four circles, two on the top, two in the bottom, all intersecting, looking for that overlap of the four circles in the middle. Okay. So here are the three questions for those of you who are not going to make a living doing this and four questions, bonus question today for those of you who are going to make a living, try to make a living doing this. Question number one, circle number one, what do you love? What do you love to do? Just make a list in the circle. This circle includes um, what we do or experience that brings us the most joy in life and makes us feel most alive and fulfilled. Think about that for a minute and maybe it won't come easily. It certainly didn't come easily for me because I kind of lost sight of what I love to do. Um, so think about that. What, what, do you, what do you love? In this sense, it might be sailing, writing poetry, rock climbing, singing in a rock band or making music, reading historical novels, spending leisure time with friends, going for a run. What do you love to do? What's important here is that we allow ourselves to think deeply about what, we're what we love to do without any concern, listen here, with no concern for whether we're good at it or not, whether the world needs it or if we can get paid for doing it, okay? It's just that we love to do it. You might love to paint, but you are no good at it. Okay, just write down, I love to paint. Okay, that's circle number one. What do you love? Circle number two, what are you good at? What are you good at? This circle includes anything you're particularly skilled at, skills you've learned, hobbies you've pursued, talents you've shown since an early age. You might be good at playing the piano. You might be good at listening and being empathetic. You might be good at public speaking, sports, brain surgery, fixing things, painting portraits. This circle encompasses your talents and your capabilities, whether or not you're passionate about them. Okay, that was the first question. And whether or not the world needs them, and whether or not you can get paid for them. That's question number two. What are you good at? So one, what do you love? Second circle, what are you good at? In the third circle, what does the world need? The world here might be humanity as a whole. It might be your neighborhood. It might be a community that you're a part of or anything in between. The world what the world needs might be based on your impressions or maybe you've done a good job of listening to others and you understand what your community needs because you've actually been out in the community listening and the needs have been expressed to you. So think about things like skilled nursing, clean water, heating for the home, election day volunteers, um, People to play with children at schools, 
improve police training. Make a list and pay attention to the ones that really stir something in you of emotion. Okay. Now, for those of you who are thinking that maybe this dream is something that you could make a living doing, here's the bonus question. Question number four, circle number four. What can you get paid for? What can you get paid for? This area involves what someone else is willing to pay you for. Or business terms, what the market will bear. You might be passionate about writing poetry. You might be very good at rock climbing, but this doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get paid for it. Okay. So what can you get paid for? And make a list in the circle. And if you wonder, don't self-select at this point. Don't leave something out of the circle because you might be surprised at what you can get paid for. An example is a client of mine didn't really think that her poetry would be something that someone would pay for until she decided to take a little journey and make a little experiment out of it. Going back to what we talked about earlier, during the Christmas season, season she offered a, a simple offer to write a poem for someone to give to a loved one at Christmas, and she sold a bunch of her poetry. And so she did an experiment, and she discovered that, hey, I can get paid for this. Pretty cool, huh? Then spend some time, whether you look at the three questions or the four, looking in the middle. Where is the overlap between what you love to do, what you're good at, what the world needs, and if you're doing the four, what you can get paid for? Okay? Then I want you to do this. Take out another sheet of paper. Look at that intersection. Look at all the words in all those four categories. Is there anything that overlaps? Is there anything that overlaps that you take note of? On the separate sheet of paper, make a list of how those things interconnect. What is the possibility with the way these things work together? Like, I'm good at writing poetry. I love it. The world needs um, encouragement from what I write. There's a lot of discouraged people. And I'm going to check out if I can get paid for it. Okay. Where do the things come together in that centerpiece? Look at the intersection. For those of you who want to do a little bonus exercise, flip that second sheet of paper over and write a short phrase, bringing those intersections together. I help blank. That's your who. I help, I help discourage people. And then with blank, with encouragement, so they can um, smile, so they can experience freedom, so they can experience joy. Short phrase. I help natural born leaders liberate themselves from self-inflicted barriers so they can 
pursue their dream confidently. That's mine. That's my short phrase. Then if you want to go and develop a longer phrase, add some more nuance to it. For example, mine says, I help my clients close the confidence gap. I help the world's natural born, born leaders liberate themselves from self-inflicted barriers that hold them back from pursuing their deepest dream so they can realize their potential, turn their dream into a viable source of income, and create the greater impact they want to see in the world. That's my longer phrase. What would your longer phrase be? Tell me more about the poetry. Tell me more about the need of society to be encouraged. Tell me more about what they can do as a result of reading your poetry. You get the idea? Short phrase, longer phrase. Number three, write out a story where this happened. I might tell you the story about um, a woman, a client in my dream accelerator who was tapped out working for a firm and decided to pursue her own dream to start her own business. And the freedom that brought to her family, the fears that she had to overcome of security, and how God answered that by her taking a step forward. That might be the story I'd share. And then if you're really brave, the fourth thing you can write down is, after that story, after the long phrase, and then the short phrase, write one word that describes what you do. Narrow it to that kind of focus. For me, it's coaching. I'm not just a trainer. I'm a coach. I walk with people through the journey. Okay? What's your one word? All right. I tell you, this way, this exercise works way better than just continuing to grind, not taking time for yourself to consider your future. It works so much better because it leads to intentionality of your daily schedule and it leads to better decisions and greater control over your life. It allows you to celebrate your contribution instead of just working so that others can celebrate theirs. It reduces the vulnerability of being trapped in someone else's expectations. And finally, it opens the doors to greater opportunities and partnerships when you understand what you contribute, you can offer that alongside of what others contribute, and you can find partnerships instead of competition, contribution, and collaboration because you're clear about your vision, your dream. So some of you are saying, yeah, 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 this all sounds great, but I don't even know what I'm good at. So I'm dead in the water at the very beginning of this exercise. I don't know what to write in my circle. And I don't know what the world needs. There's so much. It's, it's overwhelming. Can I just encourage you with one word? If you don't know what you're good at, and if you don't know what the world needs, ask. Ask people to share with you that you know and trust. What am I good at? Sit down with them with the four circles. Do it together. Ask them for feedback. Go to a third place coffee shop, a restaurant. Ask the people, the wait staff, the people that you're around. Ask them what they need. Ask them what they'd like to fix in their neighborhoods. Ask them what they love about their neighborhoods. Ask and then listen. You will discover 
so much about yourself and about the world in the process. All right, that's a lot for today. Thank you so much for joining me today for another episode of Stop Doubting Your Dream. If you want to take the next step in bringing your dream to life, please carve out some time this week to run through this simple exercise. Reach out to me. Seriously, reach out to me if you'd like some help in accomplishing it. I'd love to chat with you. If you've loved the show today, if you're listening on Apple, could I encourage you, could you scroll down in your app, download this episode, and then leave a review. Your reviews and your downloads help others find the show so it can benefit them as well. Next week on the show, we're going to discover how many of us are suffering under personal identity false narratives. And we're going to explore how to uproot these so that we can finally experience being settled and confident in our own skin. This is always the best way to pursue our dreams. False narratives lead to a scarcity mindset that kills the entrepreneurial spirit and kills dreams. A true understanding of self, a healthy understanding of self leads to an abundance mindset. So join me back here next week for that discussion. And until then, the journey towards your dream begins today. Take action with a single step.